everybody. It's Colton Steinbaugh here with the Inspire Podcast. We're providing you fearless B2B sales, marketing, and management insights. Uh, this week's episode is actually a continuation, so part two, of our conversation last week with Andy Forrester, coach at Academy Leadership and Dale Dean, CEO at Dean Houston. So we're picking up in the middle of a really spirited conversation where we're talking about the power of you know, really investing in organizational-wide leadership and how transformative that can be for a company in the midst of change. Uh, obviously, it being the second half of 2020, that's a really important topic right now. Um, and what they're really discussing is that an organization that constantly takes a positive attitude toward change um, and makes that part of their day-to-day approach can be so powerful. Um, I think one of the great insights that you get here real quick is the idea that falling in love with the problem that you're trying to solve for your client base can be super critical. And within the first few minutes here, they're going to provide you a bunch of actionable tips on how to start to bring that into practice in your organization. And as we get a little further down the conversation, we really explore the value of bringing in a third-party leadership consultant or coach uh, into your organization and how important that third-party perspective can be and how quickly that can help you ramp up uh, to get your organization ready to be resilient and embracing change uh, as things are going on. So it was super inspiring to be part of this conversation. Hopefully, I'll continue on and, and agree. But as always, thanks so much, and let's start the show. One of the things that's really kind of resonating with me right now is, you know, we, you know, Andy, you had mentioned like you were part of an organization that was very focused on lean, right, and and managing metrics, you know. And Dale, you even said earlier, part of this whole equation is knowing your stuff, right? You got to be technically competent. But you look at like the potential if you're sitting there looking at numbers and, and expertise, you're losing what's happening in the real world. You know, and, and you cannot, by definition, be a resilient organization if you're not focused on the marketplace, customers, and, and people. Right. You know, and, and I think that that's really, you know, and the question I ask is, like, how, how if I'm skeptical, you know, and, and, and I don't think that, you know, maybe I'm not bought into the idea of, of servant leadership and, and, and this defining a higher purpose, it really makes sense from a practical standpoint because the world is changing, you know, not just because of current events, but technology is moving faster than ever before. You know, people are changing. You'll get the 10 years of people in companies. It's, it's reducing constantly. Change is a constant in, in the modern world. Yeah. By not building a culture and leadership organization built to, to address that. I mean, Andy, I remember, I think you told me a story about Kodak, right? You know, and, and well, Kodak's not selling digital cameras too well, are they? You know, it, it's kind of that. that That's a sad that. story. <laughs> they invented yeah. the digital camera, and they're out of business now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, that's, and that's the problem with the, the transactional kind of capitalism. A company becomes successful. It's, it's, it's almost always, most companies, including Kodak, I think, started by visionaries who, who were implementing um, and profiting from and making a business out of what was a new technology back in the day. Photographic films only was, what, late 1800s? So it's not that old. Um, but it becomes wildly successful. And, and after a while, people start running it that are running the business from a spreadsheet, which is what you're talking about, I think. Right? It's all numbers, just the numbers. Yeah. 
And, and that's always a, uh, those data points come after the fact. So that's sort of like trying to drive down the road by looking in the rearview mirror. And mm-hmm. you've removed all the visionaries from, from that kind of stuff. So Kodak, as I understand the story, invented the digital camera. They had some R&D guys. They, they could figure out new ways to capture images that didn't involve chemical processes and films. But the guys running the company with the spreadsheet thought, well, that's going to cannibalize our film business. Film is where we make all of our money. So they, they tried to, to uh, hold that at bay instead of embracing the change. And pretty soon they became irrelevant. Pretty soon, I mean, it was it was really only within the last twenty years. So you know, one of the great, one, of, one of the key uh, things that you teach, Andy, in your course is uh, uh, tell tell me how you say it. You say fall in love with the problem, or, or it, what, how do you say it? How do you do it? And yeah, and that's, 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 that's that's a great question. Yeah, it's it's actually a key principle with dealing with rapid change. Right, fall in love with the problem, not the solution. Yeah, yeah, wow. and I got to tell you. That, that that's a big thing because one thing that I that I see in this moment of crisis from a leadership standpoint is the fear of loss, mm-hmm. the, the the greed of, of money, uh, of the 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 misdirected focus on short term gains at the expense of law, like in this Kodak example, mm-hmm. long long term what is right, you know. Yeah. Uh, it drives bad behaviors, man. You know, it's like so. So, so that's why you have to get people's, uh, you know, their attention on things that matter. You know, and get their fear of loss because it's 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 radical how the fear of loss drives bad behaviors. You know, and so you know, so this is the thing they were fearful of losing. You know, this transactional film work that was their business, and that made that now they're out of business because of that. You yeah. know. Because uh, yeah. other people weren't afraid of it, they they embraced it. Like you said, they fell in love with the problem and pursued it. And uh, right. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that we did with our uh, when when this whole crisis, we formed these task forces. You know, for, with our lead plus team. So we yeah. we took the lead plus teams, we put them on these task forces to address like, hey, this is the COVID thing. Everybody get involved. You we're going to form these teams, these task forces. You guys look at this. Okay, what should we do now? You know, because uh, we want everybody working on the problem. Everybody right. love the problem. This is, and you know what we did is we told people, you know, we said, look, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity from a leadership standpoint. You know, it's like, you yeah. know, this is the kind of crisis that defines leadership. This is the kind of crisis that will will give you so much wisdom and so much experience in such a short period of time. Embrace this and be part of it, you know. So we brought everybody in the organization into this and led by our lead plus group, you know, and Colton was on that team, you know, and uh, or one of the teams. And uh, but that's we took your advice on that, you know. From the, from the academy leadership, uh, you know, training. I, I remember I can see the slide where you put it up there, and that was one of the lines was embrace the pro or love the problem or something like that, you know. And we fall in love with the problem, not the solution. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're a good case study for you then. I hope Colton yeah. you could say that because uh, we did it and it works, you know. So. Uh, and you know yeah. what? You're going to do well. Here, here's another one. Like people misquote the the old adage, "survival of the fittest." Yeah. It was it was actually. Uh, survival of the most adaptable. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Not the fittest, biggest, strongest. I mean, the dinosaurs aren't alive anymore. It was the animals that could adapt, right? Yeah. And, uh, and that's what leadership does. And that's why you're going to come out of this 
stronger. And there's probably going to be other agencies that don't come out of this at all. Well, I tell you this though, Andy, you know, it's, it's, it's a struggle. I, I will say, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of it for anybody. This is the toughest thing in, you know, 32 years I've been running this company and I've never been confronted with anything like this. And what makes it great having a, having an entire organization of leaders behind me, you know, that are supporting me and I'm supporting them. It, it does make it better. You know what I'm saying? So from a cultural standpoint, however, it's still very, very tough. But I will say no matter what happens, no matter as an organization where we go, every single person, our team is going to emerge from this a better leader than they were when this thing started, you know, so we're all going to grow personally and professionally from this, you know, and, mm -hmm. and a lot of the, the, uh, I, I, I think it's really ironic that we did two uh, academy leadership training groups. I think what we have nine in one group and eight. Seven eight, and one and eight in the other. Seven yeah. and eight, okay. And Colton, just think about this. When was our last class? The, the last class ended like December, or I'm sorry, March 14th. Wasn't yeah. it March 14th, Andy? It was. And, it, it, and, and, and it, all this buzz is going on. I remember that last, that first class, there was really no discussion about this the week before. The next week, we bring, we're, we're in the class, uh, Andy's up there teaching, and all of a sudden, the second week, the discussion is about, I remember you and I staying in the class when they were doing some kind of, some kind of test or, you know, some kind of homework thing, and you and I were standing saying, like, is this, is this whole COVID thing, like, what's going on, you know, this is crazy, I'm hearing they're going to shut down the economy, and all of a sudden, you know, we're, so we're just having this discussion in the front of the room, and sure as hell, by the end of the week, the, you know, they, they were shutting down the economy. And we had a hard time getting some of our people back home because the flights were being canceled and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and so Andy and I got together a couple weeks later when we decided to form this ta the task force. And uh, I got with Andy and we we're saying like, look, you know, we need to, we need to kind of embrace this thing. You know, we need to fall in love with this problem. I need to get everybody involved in this, you know? And, and Andy's like, you know what, let's start with like doing a, current state future or a previous state current state so we we confront we told everybody on the leadership team we said okay now last week everybody turned in a plan remember like these are the things we're going to work on when we get back to the office from a leadership standpoint all the things we're going to activate well how many of those things are still valid today based on now the bullets are flying mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. regrouped everybody and it was just such a such a cool exercise and that's how we, that, Colton, that's where those task force came from that we formulated them. But you know what, Andy, you know, through that training and then Andy led the, you know, obviously uh, Andy led the, the whole session, the training of getting the leadership team reoriented. Now we got a real battle on our hands. We got a crisis on our hands. Okay, guys, what are we going to do? How are we going to apply this? What did we learn in the courses? And wasn't that awesome? I mean, wasn't that not a great way? And everybody mobilized. And Colton, why don't you speak a little bit about that? Because you were on the other end of that. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, you know, it's really proof and testament to like everything we've been talking about, you know, caring for each other, caring for our clients. One of the things that was most interesting, and, and like you said, Dale, as soon as kind of our experience with Academy leadership, at least the first couple sessions started to, to come to a head, this hit us immediately. And the value in being able to run through, and it was so fresh in our heads that like the importance of taking care of each other, focusing on the customer and communicating, but then to watch and practice everybody in our organization kind of have tools to have conversations 
I think we could say, and a lot of it was driven by what we had just learned, by the time that our organization was able to kind of put together that reopening plan, I know every single person in this company had a voice, you know, and everybody was involved and everybody was part of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, it ties back to taking care of each other. You know, how can you take care of each other if not everybody's part of it? Yes. You know, that's something we were able to accomplish, you know, and then we were able to define what is taking care of our customers look like. So we were able to take care of ourselves and take care of our customers and really anchor that. But it was all built on empathy, inclusion, and making sure that it was done. You know, you talk about in a socially capitalist way, <laughs> that was proof positive. Everybody yeah. had a voice. And we were all moving in one direction for the greater benefit of each other and the organizations we serve. I'll tell you another thing that we did, and Andy, this came out of that. You know, uh, and a lot of it came out of your spawned out of your training, uh, or you know, out of these, this leadership development. Because, you know, because our we all, all these people had gone through the leadership course. You know, they understood. They they understood now from a leadership perspective, not just from a selfish kind of. They weren't looking at it selfishly. You know, right. Um, and so we were able to be completely transparent with everybody in the organization because we had these layers of leaders now that could explain to people that like, you know, with, with the financial, we shared all that we're a private company, you know, I own the company and I'm, I'm sharing every financial aspect of the company with every employee. Why? Because we respect them, we trust them, and we, we understand that like, the, they're going to do a better job if they have a greater depth of knowledge and understanding. Our leadership team then was able to help them understand that even more because they'd gone through because they learned they, they had a whole fresh new perspective. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to, I'm kind of reversing this on Colton. One other thing I wanted to ask you, Colton, was because I valued this greatly, Andy, is like Andy stepped, Andy, Andy became the mentor for all this, these leaders that, that were, you know, that I didn't even realize this was going on, but I'm, I'm like so impressed with it because, because you guys were reaching out to Andy and saying, hey, Andy, I, I, I've got this situation. You know, I was like, because you guys were confronted with new things and you weren't, bringing, you weren't bringing solutions to me or problems to me. You, were, you guys were embracing them yourselves and, and handling like leaders. And, and you had this mentor in Andy to, to be able to go to. And tell me how that, how that worked, you guys, because I wasn't involved in those, you know. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hop in there. And then, Andy, maybe I'd ask you to, to jump in. But you know, we were able to have a, a few calls afterward, you know, and, and it was a great anchoring point to kind of be able to bounce questions off Andy and ask, what does this all look like? Um, and, you know, how th these are some of the struggles we're seeing now, or these are things we have questions on. We would connect with Andy, but, but it was always very actionable, right? So like I can tell you a story, you know, we had talked about one of the big things in the, the program was goal setting. You mm -hmm. know, it's very difficult in times of crisis but you know it turned into all these different conversations where I talked to Andy and now we actually have a team and I know Rob's listening kind of the engineer on this one you know we've gone through a process where because of some of Andy's references we've looked into different you know methodologies for goal setting which turned into us looking at different software solutions to help us have these conversations with our teams and now we're actually bringing this into practice mm, okay you know, so it's like these, those constant touch points have been so valuable because it's helped us figure out, okay, we understand the theory. How do we bring it into practice? And we've been able to bridge that gap very successfully. Um, you know, so let me ask you this though. So from a lead, so for the people that are listening to this from a leadership yeah. standpoint, okay, 
Like, is that, would you say that that's a valuable component? You know, because I didn't, I mean, I didn't ask Andy to do this and I, you know, it, it's not so, I mean, I'm really happy you guys did it, but from your, from a leader standpoint in our organization, was it nice having somebody other than me to like call and talk to and to be able to work through problems and things like that? You know, I mean, how valuable would you say to other leaders that they should have a mentor like Andy that their teams can reach out to, to have these unvarnished discussions with where they can express their fears and their doubts and their, you know, work through problems and things like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And incredibly invaluable, you know, because what it allows us to do is, is kind of get a, a third party perspective. You know, we understood, you know, with the, the core tenets of the Academy leadership philosophy, you know, and, and this idea of, you know, really a, a Socratic and, and empathetic leadership culture, we understood all that theory, but bringing that into practice and going from classroom to practical execution, you know, being able to work with a third party, you might have a full set of tools, you know, and, and different things that, that maybe, you know, Dean Houston hasn't historically done, not that we don't have a great set of tools, but it allowed us to take in this third party perspective and having somebody from the outside who could take this from theory to practice with us you know, along with everything that we were doing internally, I think what it did was really fortify and give us so many different tools that we could use that maybe we wouldn't have if we tried to resolve all this internally ourselves. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's our objective, certainly mine, but it's academy leaderships too, is how do you affect change? We don't, we don't just want to do a course. You sit in a hotel room for three or, you know, ballroom for three days and you go back and life goes back to your 400 emails and 20 voicemails and whatever, and nothing really changes. It's not the objective at all. The objective is to deliver those tools, but then see that they get applied. And mm -hmm. so even when we were together for three days, it wasn't like three days of death by PowerPoint. It was a lot of discussion trying to think through what have my experiences really been and, and conceptually, how do I add some of these new ideas into that? And what would I do different so you guys were all keeping journals about what am I going to do different and so on and so forth mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so part of it's the way we use this adult learning cycle to to try to help people bridge that while we're together about what they're going to do different and part of it is fairly unique to to our program and, and you know part of yours therefore was this, this coaching the follow-on that is included. It's about yeah. three months worth of that where we're checking in, but a, that's a once a month check-in, but more often because I'm always available when needed. And then we did some group coaching with the, the Elite Eight and Seven Up, the two groups. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. That was were their names? Yeah. And as they worked through that, I remember you invited me to that. We were doing some group coaching things too, and, and, and I enjoy doing that a lot. And you're right, it's sort of a mentoring thing. I, I, I don't know your business super well, um, uh, but, you know, I've been in business for a long time. So a lot of problems are, they're problems. And at least I can ask the right questions and get Colton and everybody kind of thinking through, hmm, how would I do that? Hmm. Well, I think the critical thinking yeah. element that you bring to that what is really what it brings. So first of all, the training. They, now they know how to, how to assess and look at things and do critical thinking you know, on these things. In this moment of, of crisis that, that we are now faced with, it really gave them an opportunity to, to do the critical thinking. They hadn't really been there before. 
you know? And so now they had somebody else they could reach out to exactly. you know, and, and kind of work through, then come back to me. And I got to tell you, it was just, it was phenomenal, you know? And then, uh, so I, I would highly recommend it, you know, to, to, to any leadership development, you know, anybody who's considering a leadership development course, you know, is to, to look at, you know, this engagement, this mentoring part of the, of a program so that, so that they can give their people somebody other than me, you know I mean? Cause mm -hmm. You know, these guys want to be able to explore these things and to do these things, you know, and, and on their own, you know. And so, again, we're, we're empowering them. We're entrusting them to do this. So they're, they're still going to have, you know, they're kind of like in an area they've never been before. So it's nice to have somebody to say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Or I'm kind of stuck on how to think through this problem, you know. Yeah. So they can do that without having to come back to their, to, to, to their CEO or to their Right. They're, they're, uh, who they directly report to to really kind of work it out before they do that, you know? Right. So, yeah. And you're a busy guy. So, but, but in the role I'm doing now, it's my job. I love doing that. Yeah. It's real fun. Yeah. And it's what, it's why I got into this going back to the beginning. It's, it's mm -hmm. the thing I enjoyed doing quite a bit, but I had the same problem you did at the time. I was also trying to run a business unit and worry yeah. about the P&L and all the different people and stuff like that. Right. Right. So yeah. I'm I'm glad to be that that resource to help help you out. With your I think folks. The, you yeah. know, the real high level benefit there is like you know through what we've been able to do with Andy even after the the course is you know we've been working in small teams to kind of put you know new ideas in place and work through them a little bit with some of the tools he's provided before we even bring them to you know maybe you Dale or some of the other parts of the leadership. So it allows us to to mature our thinking and expedite the practice of this before even having to engage you, which we love engaging you, Dale, but uh, you said you're a busy guy. You know, so it's one of those things where it allows us to kind of self-serve and, and move forward, you know, in a way that, that's in alignment with our core values without needing to bog, you know, the whole system down. And, and I think that has to offer a ton of value. You know, and I hate to do this because I know we're, we're already over an hour. And this was probably one of the most spirited conversations. <laughs> it was fun, man. It was really fun. I think we're going to have to get a follow-up scheduled here soon. But, um, you know, Andy, so, so I think, you know, through this hour, we made this huge case for, for really that empathetic, you know, kind of caring leadership culture and the impact it can make. So if I'm an organization that's looking to go down this path or maybe start exploring the idea more, what would you recommend kind of being the first step? That's a great question. Of course, I would recommend the first step is they call me. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. I would recommend that too, Andy. <laughs> You've got to think through what you're really trying to affect. I have talked to some, some potential clients and they're like, well, at the end of the day, what it really sounds like they were trying to do is check the box. They read somewhere that it was important to do some leadership development. So they were, they were paying an outside consultant to come in and talk to their group for uh, 40 people and show them PowerPoints for an hour or two is what it amounted to, big group session. And they were thinking through, should I do something different? I go, well, what did the guy come in and talk to you about last year? I can't remember. I don't know. It made zero impact. Mm -hmm. so, so think through what is that program going to look like? If you're going to do this, you want to have an impact to the program. You want to, in my opinion, it sure seems like you'd want to have people coming back 
with a, a new perspective and ready to try some new things, not just do the same old things they've been doing that got you where you're at, which may be perfectly fine. Can I interject? Can I interject yeah, there, Andy? And then, and then you can pick it up from here. Uh, Colton, the thing he's talking about, the thing I did, and this is how I met Andy, or I, I met Andy a long time ago, but how I ended up selecting, you know, uh, Academy Leadership is I defined for myself why I wanted to have a leadership development program. What was I trying to accomplish for our organization by having a company full of leaders, all right? And so I first defined that, and that made it a lot easier for me then also to when I went out and started looking for who can I embrace to help do this leadership development, I already knew what my criteria was because I knew what I was trying to achieve. So I would recommend, to your point, Andy, understand the why you're doing it first. If it's just to check a box, don't do it. You know, I think if you really want to have impact on your organization, define what that impact is you want to have on your organization, how do you think you can get there? Then you go to the experts like Andy and say, this is what, and this is what I did with you, Andy. I said, yep, I did. had a whole PowerPoint presentation. I told Andy, yep. this is what I'm trying to accomplish and why. Yeah, and I did it with every every company, every organization that I was uh, evaluating to to lead this program for me. You yeah. know, and so yeah, so I'm sorry, Andy. I just wanted to add that back in that if I was a CEO, if I had a recommendation for other CEOs, it would be to define the why behind your why you're doing it first. You know, it's a big investment. It's a big investment. Yeah, but well worth it. Well and, worth and it. And you're absolutely right. And there's nothing I could have said that to better than that because you're absolutely right. That's in. Mm -hmm. Where are you in that continuum of checking a box to really want to develop an organization? And Dale, you are on this side of really wanting to develop your people and your organization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so it, was a, it was a good match, you and I. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I appreciate being invited in to do that. Uh, I, I think so. we might, we might, like I said, we might need to get that follow-up scheduled to really look sad. <laughs> uh, I'll start defining the why, you know. Yeah. That might be a, a, a great one. I mean, I know I look at like the the really interesting way that that you know we kind of here at Dean Houston started to to engage. The first experience I had was cracking open a book called The Accountability Compass. Uh -huh. uh, you know, and and uh, it was very interesting because if you're a professional services firm, it hits home. I won't spoil it for you. Um, but it was really enlightening for us, um, you know, and, and I don't know, Andy, is that something that maybe you'd recommend as people dive in and take a look for that one? Yeah, they can. Of course, that's an Academy Leadership book that you're talking about. Oh, is it really? Okay. Oh, yeah. And then there's the Leader's Compass, which is the, the first one you got. Um, I like what Dale said. I think it's, it's a big, fat why. Why are you doing this and what do you want to get out of that? Because if you know that... And, and if I talk to somebody, I'm trying to draw that out because if I know that, that makes a difference in who you pick. But even, even if I get to help you along that path, it helps us structure a program tailored to your needs mm -hmm. and what you're trying to get out of it um, because there's a lot of flexibility there in terms of how we do that, how we engage with your, your leadership team on this journey. So it's good. I, I think, well, I think that's, that's an incredible way to, to, to call this one is I think we talked about all the value that, that really a commitment to leadership and, 
conserving leadership and, and this, you know, empathetic leadership style can, can make. But I think to start that journey, you got to start with why. You know, I think some smart guy said that too. So uh, yeah, I think there's a whole book about that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I agree. So, yeah, so, so Andy and Dale, I mean, this has been incredible. I, I think our audience is going to get a ton of value out of it. But uh, whether you have any closing thoughts before we uh, we start scrambling to think about how we get the, the round two scheduled and started. Mm -hmm. So Andy, or go ahead. I would just say, uh, Dale, it's been a pleasure working with you and getting to know your team. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of that. And it's, it's a really neat thing to watch how Dean Houston has been able to weather this and, um, and the growth of everybody there. It's, it's just, it's, it's why, it's why I enjoy doing this. So it was really great. Thanks for inviting me along. Yep. Well, yeah, thank, thanks Colton. I think, you know, with any leadership development program, you're going to have an impact on another person's life, whether they remain with your organization or another, but it, they will never, they, they will always appreciate the impact that that's had on their life. It'll change people's lives. You know, mm -hmm. it really, truly will It'll change their perspective. And, and, you know, from an organizational standpoint, if you are a CEO and you're considering this, uh, particularly in a moment of crisis, you know, like I said, you know, define your mission, you know, understand your purpose, you know, uh, rely on those core values that you had and trust your people, you know, and you have to empower your people. So train them so you can empower them. Give them the proper training. I can say that the Academy Leadership has met our why. As a matter of fact, one thing I'd like to do, Colton, uh, if, if, if you have time in this program for that is Andy and I are working on the whole, we have an entire program that goes beyond just this crisis management and the leadership development. We have this entire leadership development program we're working on, you know, and we'd probably, it'd be nice, Andy, to talk about that. And so other leaders can hear like how we're developing, continue to propagate this culture of leadership from the ground up, you know, because we want every single person in this organization to go through this leadership training. We have a hundred people. Absolutely. Here, you know? yeah. So, uh, you know, so I think that empowering your people, communicating, you know, the vision that we have, you know, which is, you know, our mission, like where we're going and the why behind that, remembering the human empathy and element of that, uh, Colton, as you said, and then you know, uh, you know, delegate and elevate, you know, I think those are two great words that, that, that will come out of this entire thing. It will change people's lives and it will change your organization as well for yeah. the, what, no matter what happens. Amen. Yeah. Anyway, but this has been super fun. I could do this for two more hours, but people probably don't want to listen to us ramble on. So, you know, uh, again, thank you so much, you know, to both of you. I know personally I'm feeling pretty, uh, pretty charged up and, and inspired off, off of this one. And that's the goal. And hopefully uh, I know our audience is going to feel the same way. So Andy, I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. Dale, whether people like it or not, they'll see you soon. Too. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. Hey, great job guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah. I appreciate being on the program, man. All right. A lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun Bye, everybody. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. We'll see you. Take right, care. Bye-bye.